this is either an intervention or a Tupperware party, <laughs> but you told me I was coming over for lunch. This is not cool. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Tropical MBA Podcast. I am your host, Ian, and I am here with my trusty, rusty sidekick, <laughs> Mr. Dan. How are you, Dan? I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm pretty good, man. What are we talking about this week? Okay, we're going to talk about masterminds. And, you know, maybe that sounds a little bit dry, but when I look back on it, masterminds are the reason we started this podcast to connect with like minds. They're like just as fun as poker parties, but they change your life. And we've done a lot of this. We've done a lot of in-person masterminds. This is a great way to grow an online community. It's a great way to connect with your audience. So we're going to talk about the power, the pitfalls, and the process for in-person masterminds. What do you think? I'm excited, man. Masterminds have definitely changed our lives and our businesses and, and poker Games can definitely change your life too, depending on who you're playing with. <laughs> you know, here's a couple of things. One of the hardest things in business is the daily emotional, ah, frick, you know, ah, this again kind of business struggle. Wake up and, and keep going after it day after day, month after month, year after year. I think having a mastermind group and perpetrating a mastermind group. So throwing these parties is a great way to keep yourself, you know, overcoming those small niggling emotional issues. If you don't overcome them, you can tend to run into a much bigger emotional issue, which is because I succumbed to those smaller emotional issues, I didn't end up doing what I really wanted to do with my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. I think even if they're strangers, I, I think I've had the most success actually, Dan, sharing our story and our struggles with strangers because they have no emotional attachment to it. All they can give me is their unbiased opinion about what I should probably do. Yeah, uh, It's been really helpful for me. Finally, boss man, I think that masterminds are actually a great way to grow your business. I mean, one of the biggest questions we get on the show is what did you guys do with the DC? How did that happen? What's the deal? How do you know what to do next? This is really the secret sauce. This is what we did. The whole thing is based on these high-octane relationships with other entrepreneurs. So let's talk about how we did it. Okay, Ian, this episode is going to have four different sections. We're going to talk about the formats of a mastermind. We're going to talk about the biggest mistakes we see people make. We're going to talk about the precise execution, how we run our masterminds, and then we are going to give our top tips for sort of what we do, uh, what we would advise to other entrepreneurs who want to either throw their own private mastermind or want to integrate it into their business somehow. Okay, so first off, we're seeing three different types of formats out there a lot in our community. The first one is a weekly format. This format generally looks something like this. You meet every week. This was our first mastermind, Ian. I don't know if you remember. It was, a, yep. it was a Sunday evening. And every Sunday evening, one person was on the hot seat. That was the person that brought a specific business case problem to the group and got the feedback. But everybody would go around and give an accountability about a specific thing that maybe they brought up during their hot seat. Like, hey, I want to improve my lifetime value of a customer by 20% by the end of the quarter. So they would give the update based on that go around the circle, and then one person gets the hot seat. 
in this format, sometimes people don't need the hot seat as much as they get it. So I'm seeing a lot of people bring guests into this format as well. Like, hey, I brought my friend along. They've got an interesting story or a tip to share. When you're meeting every week, Ian, it can be difficult to implement all the advice that you're getting. So that's why sometimes these weekly mastermind formats turn into sort of a more social club or a more educational format. My sense is that generally these things work better if you don't have a team that you work with on a daily basis. Because basically my weekly mastermind call is with my team. But if you're just getting started out and you just have a few VAs and developers that you're working with, this format can work well because basically your mastermind group is like a surrogate team. And my advice is like, after you sort of get to know that team through the first few months, it might make sense to keep these calls a little bit shorter so that you keep them fresh. Yeah, I agree 100%, Dan, with this weekly hot seat mastermind format. It tends to work a little bit better, in my experience, if you've got a company that's just starting out. So you get a lot of feedback because you're talking a lot. And it also depends on how many people you have in your group. So four to five people, you know, every month you're in the hot seat again. And you're generally bringing one of your biggest business problems to the table. And so for you to turn around and implement that information that you got from your mastermind buddies back into your business within four weeks, along with everything else you've got in your business going on, it's kind of a tall order a lot of times. I think it does work. And I think it works when your business is newer. All right. So Ian, as we've gone along, you know, when we started this podcast, you know, I mentioned many times on this show, one of the most important posts I ever posted was the one that got us our first mastermind. That was that weekly format. As our business grew and our team grew, we realized that that didn't work out for us. So we've sort of evolved into this quarterly mastermind format. Now, a lot of DCers are using this format. Of course, we actually do that officially in the DC, but some people have their side groups. I'm in another mastermind that meets more or less quarterly. And what I found is that when you start to have a team in a medium-sized business and you do one of these daily masterminds, so basically you're on the hot seat for a good solid hour, you can tend to get so much feedback that you couldn't ever really implement that in a week or two or three. You really pretty much need a quarter to get that done. And even then you might be hustling to show those people the results that you value their feedback, that you've done something about it over the last 90 days. Yeah, I think it's somewhere between monthly and a quarterly. I tend to lean toward quarterly at this point in our business. I think that that's probably what works best for us at this scale. Ian, the final format is is sort of a one-time format. Like, hey, I'm going to go meet these new people. I'm going to go to this one-off event. Maybe it's a seminar. Maybe it's a conference or something. And I'm going to see if I can dig up some good ideas for my business. Yeah. And if the price point's high enough, you call these kiss the ring events. (laughs) (laughs) It's when the demigods are, are standing up on stage. Stage, telling you how to improve your life, your business, and your, and your sex life all for uh, one low price. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the three biggest mistakes that people make in masterminds. Because, I mean, on the surface, this stuff, it seems obvious, right? You're just, what, you're hanging out with other entrepreneurs. But the truth is that some people get a lot more out of these events than others. And also, this isn't something that we're necessarily trained to do or to take advantage of. And so I see people making a lot of mistakes that hurt their chances of getting the most out of these masterminds. The biggest one I'm seeing, well, this is the simplest one, Ian, but succumbing to the opportunity to share. So instead of utilizing a mastermind event as a a chance to get valuable feedback, as a chance to put your business problems on the radars of others, people tend to use these as a chance to get recognition or validation, which makes sense. Like those things are important in life too. But it's a bummer if you've got the attention of like seven or eight really smart people and it becomes a validation session. 
Yeah. This is the same thing. We talk about comedy a lot, Dan, and like your responsibility when you're on stage, whether it be like comedy or presenting or anything like that. And like, it's your responsibility to bring it when you're up there and and bringing it in a mastermind does not mean sharing for the sake of sharing. It means sharing so you can get help and move on in your business. Another mistake we see a lot is not presenting a specific goal with specific data points about your business. Oftentimes people are just squeamish to share things about their business. Well, that's you're not going to get any upside if you're not going to share the details. So that's important. But more importantly is, is presenting like, look, here's where I want to go. Because you get in these kind of awkward situations where like, I guess people, if you don't state a goal, people are going to assume your goal might be growth. And then so they're going to give you growth-oriented feedback. And then people are like, well, I don't really want to do that. It's like, in other words, like, it's not the time to figure out what you want when you go to a mastermind. You're wasting everybody's time if you don't know what you want. You ought to be like, look, I want to get 100 customers by the end of the year. How are you guys going to help me get there? What can you tell me? Well, how can you hook me up? What's going to happen? Don't use a mastermind as an opportunity to <laughs> figure out what you want in your business. Do that homework before you show up. Yeah, and finally, Dan, one of the biggest mistakes that I see in these mastermind sessions is being able to clearly articulate your problem and just as importantly, where you've been. So a lot of times it makes sense to share context with people because a lot of times the feedback you will get will be based on the context of future and past failures or successes. So it's really important to give people a short and brief, concise backstory of where you've been, maybe what you've tried, so you don't waste people's brain energy trying to figure out where you're going in the future with not knowing where you've been. One more one I want to inject, Ian, and this is a little bit unclear, but I want to see if you've seen this in a mastermind. Is I'll call it explaining feedback away. So you present your business problem and then someone gives you feedback on it and then you come back and kind of like clarify what you meant in the first place. So basically you're saying like they don't understand what your real problem is, so you're gonna disqualify their feedback. The problem is, is that kind of misses the point. Like you were given an opportunity to explain your problem and they did not understand your problem. That's the feedback. So going back and like re-explaining yourself doesn't solve the problem. The problem is, is you're not clear on articulating problems for others to act on. This is a very difficult skill, Dan. Every time I do it, I get better at it. We had a call inside of the DC this week. It was the just say hello call for people that want to get introduced to other people. And so it's like a virtual cocktail party. Yeah, it's a virtual cocktail party. You got two minutes to explain (laughs) yourself. Basically, who you are, where you've been, what you're up to, where you're going in the future. And the idea is to just kind of put it out there. So people may or may not be a attracted to what you're doing and then they can reach out to you. I just want to shout out, there was like 25 people on the call. I just want to shout out, I think the person that did the best job explaining themselves on this call, so it was very legible what he was doing and what he was trying to achieve was David Hehenberger from Fat Cat Apps. Did a really good job. Ian, let's switch gears to talk about how one might actually execute one of these mastermind events the specifics. This specifically is the process that we're going to use at our Austin event on August 29th. So we do this at least twice a year. Sometimes these things can be arbitrary, Ian. You know, we throw a lot of events. So I know it's, you're just looking at like a block of hours, like what are we going to do? Well, here's specifically what we do. So we'll take six to eight people and put them around a table. And what we do is we do two people an hour. How that breaks down is like this. 21 minutes per person plus a 15 minute break after two presentations. Okay, so that basically adds up to an hour. During that 21 minutes, we have the 21 minute timer up on the screen. 
and we have a buzzer that goes after 3.5 minutes, okay? Because at 3.5 minutes is when the presenter should have articulated clearly what they do, who they are, and what they're looking to get out of their 21-minute session. So three and a half minutes presentation, 17 and a half minute discussion. And that'll tell you there where the importance is on the mastermind, right? It's not in sharing because we've gone through this uh, many times, Dan. There's a certain kind of person that likes to share for the 17 minutes and then get feedback for the one minute. That's not what you're there for, right? You're there for three and a half minutes to express your problem quickly. And then for the majority of the time to work through your problem with your mastermind buddies. So think about the dual possibilities of number one, getting those seven other intelligent people at the table to work on your problem. But also think about the benefit of getting seven other intelligent, well-connected entrepreneurs, a clear understanding of what it is that you do. That's an invaluable opportunity, right? Because now you have a clear idea of what David does. And you're probably going to mention that a lot of times when someone needs a WordPress app. That's what David does. We know that now. And so think about that benefit as well. That's a real huge benefit. I don't think we should gloss over that. When someone can describe to you again, and I think this episode is really coming down to this point, when you are able to discreetly describe yourself and your business in three minutes, that's so valuable because now other people can describe your business to other people in three minutes or less. How does one actually present useful information in 3.5 minutes? I'm glad you asked, boss man. Rather than go over the excruciating details, it takes some work to fill in your data and to hone your pitch, but I have a skeleton for how you can develop your own pitch. It you know, has things like USP and your URL and your number of employees and your sales figures. It's basically a way to get a lot of information into that 3.5 minutes and to make it useful and legible to others. Again, like you said, that's what this whole episode's about, so you gotta go download it. It's at tropicalmba.com slash mastermind. Take it, download it, use it, improve it, let us know what you think, and there'll be some other helpful downloads at this post as well, like there'll be an example of the survey and the homework that we send to our mastermind attendees before they come to one of our events. Dan, I just want to point out, you know, this is what we do at our events, but I think that this format works at non-events too. So if you've got five or six other people that you can meet with in person, I think that you can go ahead and take this model and use it. Because a lot of times, Dan, we'll get in a group of people and there won't be a whole lot of structure, right? So the whole idea here is just provide you with some kind of structure so you can have an organized conversation with people. And I think this is just a jumping off point. You know, you might find this works, you might find it doesn't. Take what you want from it. But if you're going to get in a room with a bunch of people, before you start drinking beer, before you start bragging about how long your boat is, Take some time and really try and follow this format and see if you can actually get useful information from people. I mean, may or may not work for you. But it's all to say, Dan, I don't think it has to come in an event setting. I think that you can do this in your own mastermind. Yeah, and don't underestimate how much fun it is to have a real structure, right? Like, that's why Tupperware parties are fun, man. They've, they've got rules and profitability potential. Think about a poker tournament without any clear structure. I underline this, Ian, because it is a mental barrier to, like, lecture people on how to talk about their business. But the truth is, is that I've found that people enjoy having a framework, a structure, and a set of rules. And if they want to riff from there, they can have at it. But the truth is, is that if you're listening to this episode and that you're thinking about Mastermind, deliberately and that you're downloading these worksheets, you're way ahead of most people. Most people don't do this stuff. So, you know, if you can be the one who comes in there and leads the session, you're going to provide a lot of value to your peers. That's right, Dan. And the worst part about a Tupperware party is when you invite people over for lunch, you're like, oh yeah, just come over for lunch, right? And then uh, there's like 20 other people there and there's like a couple small sandwiches and you're thinking this is either an intervention or 
or a Tupperware party, <laughs> but you told me I was coming over for lunch. This is not cool. All right. <laughs> Check out the worksheet and the homework at tropicalmba.com slash mastermind. We'll also have questions to help you solicit useful feedback and all kinds of other stuff that we don't need to, we don't need to go over those details right now. Before we get off this episode, I did want to mention a few tips, especially for the entrepreneurs who are thinking about bringing a mastermind element into their business and introducing it to their customers or their partners. First, I think it's important to survey your attendees beforehand to create either balanced or specific groups. Like, so for example, before DCBKK, we survey people to see where they're at in their business. So we make sure we're creating groups with some sort of balance and complementary skill sets. That's right. So when we talked about getting six to eight people around the table, Dan, it was pretty planned out, those people at that table. So sometimes there was complementary skill sets, sometimes there wasn't. And I think that that's, that takes a little bit of work to figure out. I think our approach, Dan, is to not get everyone in the same industry around the same table. It's kind of like innovation comes from outside a lot of times. Try and get yourself in a group of people that don't necessarily share the same business that you have, people that are outside of your business, at least for one of your masterminds. They might be able to provide some interesting perspective. The second tip we have, and this is why it's important to survey, is to translate your mastermind group online immediately. You want to have some kind of virtual element, and by surveying them beforehand, you can hook them up with, say, a forum profile or, say, a membership to a particular list serve. So everybody, all those eight people around that table, Ian, they should be a part of an online group. I don't care if it's a Facebook group, if it's an email list serve, if it's a Ning private forum. When they show up at their table, in front of them, you can have a worksheet printed out for them, a name tag. You can have the access password to the private forum. So in other words, you're getting the ball rolling by ensuring that they can interact with the eight people around the table in the future. And that's my final tip, Ian, is that this is just the beginning, right? So a mastermind like this is precisely what started our online community. So you don't want to just have a mastermind, ready, break, everybody back home, have a good time. You know, this is important. You're taking people's time. People are putting a lot of energy into this feedback. Why not set a 90-day sprint goal, set a standard for how people are going to communicate their progress to each other, say on a monthly basis in that private forum, and then follow up. 90 days later. Yeah, I don't even think Facebook is a bad idea, Dan. Just get hooked up somewhere where you guys can continue the conversation. One of the other things you might want to consider with this surveying, Ian, is getting people to review each other's websites and or pitches actually before the event. So you could have some online interaction in the subgroup before the event. We haven't quite done that yet. Entrepreneurs are quite busy. But I do think the surveying, sending them the homework, making sure that your mastermind attendees are prepared is absolutely critical. The worst thing is, is when you got somebody saying, duh, I don't really know what I want. I got a bunch of problems, but I'm really glad that there's seven people here that are going to listen to my problems. This is not a psychology session. This is a mastermind session. (laughs) That's right. All right. So again, Ian and I have pulled together the actual documentation that we use for our masterminds. You can find it at tropicalmba.com slash mastermind. Also, these episodes tend to have really nice discussions. A lot of times, Ian, people that do similar things come along and share their perspectives or offer us some feedback or some criticism, things that we might be able to do better. We absolutely love that kind of thing. So again, it's tropicalmba.com slash mastermind. All right, boss man. Woo. That's all I got. Kiss the ring, baby. <laughs> kiss the ring. You can kiss boss man's ring next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.